0: Fierce Athlete Podcast. We are female athletes being raw and real about the joys and struggles of life, both on and off the field. We share how faith can both heal our wounds and reveal true beauty. Play fierce. Pray fierce. Live fierce. Welcome everyone to the Fierce Athlete Podcast. This is Sam Kelly and I am joined by Angela Schneiders. Uh, for our podcast today. And I'm really excited because we are beginning a new series of podcasts um, based off of different topics, um, different questions that we fielded in our work with you, the female athlete, and um, different questions that you've had for us. So before we get into what we're talking about today, I would love to introduce my co-host, Angela Schneiders, has been a dear friend of mine for many years. She was a college athlete herself and uh, we'll kind of be unpacking some of these things with, with me. So Angela, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Sam. It's awesome to be here. And it's just such a gift to see Fierce moving forward. Yeah. And Angela is a, a big part of Fierce. She's been the chairman of our board since our founding. So um, she is keeping us going behind the scenes and and it's just been a great gift to have her have her to work with. Um, but Angela, just so our, our listeners get to know you a little bit before we kind of dive into today's topic, would you just give us a little bit of your sports background and, um, and who you are? Absolutely. Um,
1: athletics have just been a part of my life really from the very beginning. Uh, it's kind of funny, but I didn't have any older brothers or even, um, Other boys in my neighborhood, but I just started throwing a four-square basketball against my house when I was four. So my dad had to get me a basketball hoop when I was five years old. And that just really started my my first love, which was for basketball and really for any and every sport. I played everything from basketball, uh, softball, soccer, cross-country track. Uh, You name it, I played it. It was just such a part of my art and part of my expression. And I was really fortunate to be a a three-sport varsity athlete all through high school and then was able to play basketball for um, Washington University in St. Louis, which is a Division III program, but we were really fortunate to be the um, have a four four consecutive years where our team won the national championship, and I was blessed to be a part of that team in 2000, where we actually had a 33 game um, undefeated season and an 88 game in total winning streak. Um, and many of my teammates and our coach are now in the Women's Hall of Fame, so it was an amazing experience and the fulfillment of a lot of a lot of hard work in a beautiful chapter of my life. So, so basketball and athletics really were, uh, just it, my, my whole life, my whole world. Um, but I, I began to feel a, a tension between who I was as a woman and even the culture that I found myself in on my, my sports team, especially in college. And, um, and that tension actually left, uh, inspired me to leave, because I was really striving to grow more in my faith um, at that time as well, and really seeking to integrate my femininity and my faith and who I am as an athlete. So um, I ended up stepping back from full-time sports and getting much more involved in an organization called Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And it was actually through Focus that I was able to meet uh, Sam, which, again, was a life-changing experience 10 years ago. So when Sam uh, had the dream to launch Fierce, it just resonated so deeply. Uh, in my own heart, uh, because that had been such a journey for me of integrating my faith, my femininity, and who I am as an athlete. And that's really the core of what we're trying to do in Fierce, to show that these things are not in competition. Um, these things are actually deeply integrated, and we can even uh, more fully live out the fullness of our femininity and our faith in the context of our athletic ability. So yeah, it's awesome to be here.
0: <laughs> well, its it's been a great gift to journey with you over the years, and Angela's been huge in my own life of really instilling in me that theme she just talked about uh, about femininity Um, because I think I came from a very similar place from my college experience of and I've talked about this before but you know feeling unfeminine or feeling less feminine than a lot of other women Um, and it was through Angela's example and um, inspiration that um, I really began some of that integration back towards the realization that I am feminine, you know, by the fact that I've been created a woman and there are different ways to express that within the realm of sport. Um, so grateful to you, my friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I just
1: love you. It's been such an amazing journey. <laughs> One of the highlights for me was getting to watch Sam play uh, as when she was the captain of the, of the UConn soccer team play at Notre Dame. It was just, it was just awesome her senior year. So she is,
0: it's a beautiful thing to behold to see someone on the soccer field. <laughs> Glory days; those are the days. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, Angela, let's let's get into it. So, um, you know, I think when a lot of people think of female athletics, think of the current culture that exists within athletics, um, you know, their minds really go to some of the same sex attraction that is existing right now within the realm of sport. Um, obviously, we we saw it a lot um, this past summer with the U.S. women's soccer team, and um, you know it's something that is is very present within the realm of sport. And we both have had the profound privilege of of walking with women who, um, you know, are experiencing same sex attractions, experiencing some of those feelings, and and have questions about it, um, have questions about what that means, have questions about um, what they're seeing on their teams, and you know, I think we decided that it was time to really, let's just have a conversation about this. Mm -hmm. And we, we, you know, we, we pray that our words would be, um, ones of, ones of love, ones of desired understanding. Um, you know, we we've been in and around it and we, Mm -hmm. um, have a lot of uh, friends and, and loved ones that, um, that I've, you know, at least I could say that I've worked with. Um, and so, um, Yeah. We just desire to kind of have a conversation about that. And, um, you know, I I was prompted, obviously I've worked with women on this, um, but I was prompted. uh, I got a question recently, um, from a young woman and maybe we'll just start there and just kind of see where this, where this conversation goes. But, um, essentially this, you know, this woman is, is currently, um, playing her sport and, um, had kind of just asked about, um, what to do when you're in and around, um, teammates who are, um, exhibiting same-sex attraction. You know, she kind of said, um, you know, sometimes she feels like you can kind of catch those feelings or, um, get comfortable with that and, and kind of have this, as she put it, this why not attitude, um, if you're in and around it all the time. Um, and so she'd kind of asked, you know, how do you have healthy friendships with your teammates, um, and friends who, who have same sex attraction. And then how do you love them, um, on, on a pure level, maybe without crossing that line. Uh, so I just thought let's start there and then, um, we'll just see kind of where this, where this conversation goes, but any, yeah, any initial thoughts, Angela? Yeah. And I
1: think Sam, you just said it so well, we approach this topic with the deepest of of reverence. Um, this is something that affects, so many of our dear friends and our family members and our loved ones and um, this this is something that's very profound and um, again that we just approach with such such tenderness and respect so uh, but we're just excited also to have a very open honest conversation about it and I think that's that's where uh, the transformation really takes place uh, that enables us to really look at one another with such respect and honor each other's journey on where we're at today and and where God's leading us
0: so absolutely you know and i think you know with this topic there hasn't been much conversation about it um obviously you know in the in the greater culture it's something that is is um yeah kind of at the forefront of the discussion uh at the forefront of media at the forefront of um sports at the forefront of um hollywood and all those things but i think from you know kind of a integrated christian catholic perspective when we're looking at this this um topic of same-sex attraction, um, you know, we haven't had these discussions and that, and that's why we want to, because I think we shy away in fear of, um, being labeled or in fear of, of, broaching the subject, but absolutely out of love, we, we need to have these conversations. Yeah. And that's, what's so critical.
1: And we can't look at this as a, as a black and white issue because every single person's journey is different Every single person's experience is different, and that's why I think it's critical to enter into this this conversation through the lens of each person's individual journey and and where they're at what their life experiences have been and and how that um encounter with with the truth of our of our faith um intersects and so this this has to be something that again we approach with such tenderness and um in on an individual basis
0: right yeah and and I would just like to start off by saying you know, if an individual does find themselves in a place where they have same-sex attraction um, for whatever reason, you know, and and you look at uh, the studies on it, there's no real conclusive evidence as of this time, whether it's genetic, whether it's circumstantial. From what Mm -hmm. I've seen, it's it's potentially a combination. Um, Definitely with, especially with women, you see a lot of um, just harsh hard pasts um whether that's mm-hmm. family relationships or abuse or or whatever it may be um and maybe we can kind of get into some of that later but um there is nothing wrong with having that attraction um mm-hmm. you know i think as a church um people can look at us and say well you just you know hate people hate gays or hate whatever um, and there is nothing wrong, right? We you, you get into a different realm when, when one is acting on those feelings, I um, mean, mm-hmm. crossing sexual lines as, as mm-hmm. it would be, you know, in a, in a heterosexual, um, context, mm-hmm. but I think we've, we've failed to just preach that truth of, um, just because you, um, have these feelings doesn't mean. You're sinning doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Um, You are still a beloved son, or in this case, really, we're speaking to women daughter of God. Mm -hmm. um, And and we have to start there.
1: And that's absolutely critical. And I think just by virtue, even of our baptism, every single beloved daughter of God is worthy, unconditionally worthy of affirmation, of acknowledgement, of affection, um, of appreciation, and so we should naturally have those feelings of, of admiration for our sisters. Um, that's how we're hardwired. Every woman is beautiful. Every woman has something that we can learn from. Every woman has a unique beauty that, and, and, and can literally inspire awe in us that leaves us a different person. And so we have to acknowledge again that that is good. That is the good the view and the uh, good, beautiful and true what we want to really delve into is when those feelings of, of admiration, of affection, um, become sexualized. And there is, there's a difference there. And I think Sam, you just said it really, really well. There's, um, in the same way that we would be striving to live chastity in a heterosexual relationship, that same principle applies to our same sex attraction friends and our friendships. Um, so it's really unpacking a couple different, uh, areas of emotion and feeling and and levels of intimacy. I think Mm -hmm. that we're really tapping into here.
0: Yeah. And and maybe before we shift into that, that level of intimacy, because that's the reality, you know, we, we can live without sex, but we can't live without intimacy. Um, Every Mm -hmm. single person has been created uh, for communion and for intimacy. Um, Mm -hmm. But I would like to make a point about attraction. You know, I've I've told this story before, um, maybe not on the podcast, but uh, when I went to college, I had a, a teammate who was, was living a same-sex lifestyle. You know, she had a girlfriend and I remember her saying to me one day, well, Sam, you know, have you ever been attracted to a woman? You know, and here I am, this, this, you know, 18 year old kid who'd never really been around somebody um, who was you know, had same-sex attraction. And, you know, I'm thinking about wow, all the women growing up that I looked up to, you know, all my role models. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she said to me, that means you're gay. And what it did is it, it planted just a little doubt in my heart. Well, am I? For years, for years, you know, and, and, um, and I was, I was ashamed of that doubt. I was ashamed of, I was scared of that doubt. Um, and that's something I just want to name for people because I, you know, I have a friend who, who played at the highest level of soccer and, and, you know, she has said, I think every woman at some point within athletics has questioned their sexuality, um, because it's, it is around us. Um, but for me, you know, it was years later, I was at a talk and, you know, I just heard this, this male speaker say. Um, we are supposed to be attracted to the same sex. He's like, I have this man in my Bible study. Who's like 75 years old and he's awesome. And he's like, I'm attracted to him. Why? Because I, I desire to be like him as women, as we're growing up, especially how else are we going to know what it is to be a woman besides being attracted? Um, and I'm not ta- again, talking about that sexual attraction. It's, it's just an, uh, an emotional, um, attraction a spiritual attraction, whatever it is to certain women, because we desire Mm -hmm. to be like them. Mm -hmm. Um, and that just learning that truth created such a freedom for me. Um, and one that, you know, I continue to live out and continue to share with women because we live in a culture where it's, you know, things are very over-sexualized. I mean, just look at anything in our culture, you know? Um, and because of that, Attraction is obvious is oftentimes immediately associated with sexual attraction. Um, but there, there is a difference there. And I think that that's something that's, that's really beautiful, um, but also important, important to name.
1: Absolutely. And I would also, um, I would interchange those words, but I would also insert the word admiration Mm. because that word admiration, um, you know, we can we can look this up for another podcast of what the actual etymology is of that word. But that's something that, again, we have for our role models, literally something about them change. It fills us with awe and it changes. Just interacting with them changes who we are with that level of impact. And, and that sparks, when people have changed our life, that, that sparks strong emotions. And so going back to your, I think, eloquent point, Sam, that because we're in an over-sexualized culture, just because we have these strong feelings of admiration, of attraction towards women in our life or women that we, um, we honor or our role models, it doesn't have to translate then into physically manifesting itself in a sexualized way.
0: Yeah. You know, and I think it's important as women, we are designed, um, where we are more emotional, um, emotionally attracted to people than physical. So, uh, men, we kind of just know how they're hardwired on a kind of a sexual level. You know, they're very visual. Um, they're very attracted to the female body. Um, and then kind of the emotional intimacy comes later. Women, it's kind of the opposite. You know, we, we oftentimes find, connection with people emotionally and when especially i think when we meet people that are um yeah that we're impressed with or even even very holy people who are living life in a very joyful way right um when that emotion is ignited our sexuality then is almost follows and is ignited and that's just how we're created but it can lead i think to confusion um Mm -hmm. if we have never been able to um be in a, maybe a safe environment to where our emotion has been able to develop and realize that it's not just, um, driven towards sexuality, um, that there are, you know, uh, there's a proper order, I guess, to things or, a um, a safety. I don't know if I would phrase it like that. Maybe you can help me with that, Angela, but, um, yeah, just that point of like, it's very natural when women connect emotionally, because that's how we're wired, that our sexuality is kind of ignited, Um, But again, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that we act on those feelings or that um, maybe those feelings are bad. I I guess I'm struggling a little bit with how to phrase that. I don't know if you have any kind Mm -hmm. of clarification, Ange.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think the key is when, you know, when those sexual feelings are aroused, I mean, that's go ahead and use that language as uh, uncomfortable as it might be. But when we are aroused in that way, it's that understanding that we have a God has given us that freedom to choose. He's given us Mm -hmm. free will. And we have a freedom to pause, to acknowledge a, a feeling and an emotion, and then properly surrender it to God and integrate it into who we are. And so if we remember that the definition of love is to make a sincere gift of ourself, and so will the good of the other person, um, maybe that desire to express our admiration and our affection physically is a desire to affirm the good. That is in this this beautiful sister before us, but we have to make sure um, what is what's the is, is there purity of intention that I have in trying to affirm this other person? Um, and sure, we want we might want to give them a hug, but we have to really be careful of what's what's my motivation if I am a, if 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 something has been stirred, and um, and I think that's the beauty of maturing in love and maturing in our capacity to make a gift of ourselves is how we integrate these feelings and emotions and desires in a healthy way. And Sam, you just speak of this so beautifully that we're not called to oppress our emotions or suppress them. Um, we're not, and, then we're, and we're also not called to totally indulge on every single emotion and, and feeling that arouses. We're called to integrate so that we can make a, a more sincere gift of ourself. And that involves self-sacrifice. Um, and so the beauty of of being on a team, and Sam and I, you and I both experienced that for so many years of our life. Of the beauty of being on a team, and of being on a, this incredible journey with an amazing group of women, where you're spending sometimes six hours a day together. You know, there's a lot of intimacy that's intimacy that's formed when you're suffering together, you're struggling together, you're pursuing a common goal together. And I think that's what happens at a lot of our, our sports teams is when you have a group of women on an amazing journey, spending a lot of of time together, intimacy is formed, emotions are stirred. But again, that doesn't give us, um, the the natural outcome doesn't have to be a sexual manifestation of that. There's still ways to express our affection and our admiration that are are pure, chaste, and holy in the context of those relationships. And that's, again, where um, I think being really mindful of, of where our own hearts are at, is really, really important. Are we in a vulnerable state? You know, as, as, as women, as human beings, we need affection. We need to be hugged. You know, we do need to be touched. And there's that difference between, um, healthy touch. You know, I know for a lot of my single years, I was really devoted to getting massages because that was good, healthy touch. Um, that was a way that I was fulfilling that need, but it was a way that was chased and integrated. Um, and so I think just being aware of our emotional state and, our need for intimacy, our need for affirmation and making sure that we're putting ourselves in a safe environment. So we're not in a position to be taken advantage of, um, or put ourselves in a vulnerable position where we, it might lead to something that we don't intend.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, again, just being honest, like you said, with where we're at, um, you know, and, and some things, you know, like hugging or or cuddling or, or whatever, um, you know, that we see women partaking in again, those can, can just lead to to crossing that line, to things becoming sexual, especially if we are in a vulnerable place. Right. And we, and, and I mean, let's be real. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Like, especially as women, I think a lot of times as, as strong athletic women, we're not getting the attention of men, you know, or we've been wounded by men. Um, or we feel more masculine because we're muscular or we're, we've been, you know, we're we're broken. And so that desire again for intimacy isn't bad. It's actually been given to us by God and it's beautiful. And so we don't want to suppress it and say, well, I don't need any intimacy. That's a hardness of heart. Um, we also don't want to overindulge, right? Um, just taking it from wherever we can get it. And that's a lot of what our culture is saying. Well, try it. Or you deserve that, um but again, that kind of comes back to I'm using this other person for my own gratification, um you know, and then, like you said, that third option is, Lord, I have these these desires for intimacy, um and ultimately and i and I thank you for them, and I pray that you know they will be fulfilled if you will it, through a, a potential spouse a, a man, um but even still, our husbands are are never going to fully satisfy us. the only we have to realize that we have been created with this void that will never be satisfied on this side of heaven. And that is to point us towards the love of God. It's called Eros. It's that, it's that passionate burning love, that desire for the true, the good, and the beautiful within our hearts. Um, it's also the base of the word erotic, right? Which our culture is twisted, but, but really, um, Eros is, it is a, is a desire for, for the, for fulfillment. It's a desire for passion. It's a desire for, Mm -hmm for beauty and goodness, and that does mean sexual love, but again, we have to, in whatever context, with whatever um, sex, we have to point that desire towards God and realize that in our ache, and we're all gonna ache, and living that ache, um, we know what that ache is like in our hearts to, to long to be seen and to long to be loved and to long to be held. Ultimately, you have to realize that God is the only one that will fulfill that. And that is a life, I will speak from experience, that is painful and that is a lifelong journey and oftentimes we put other people in that place to try to fully fulfill us and yes of course like our relationships um do give us pieces of god's love and god's Mm -hmm. acceptance and that's why they exist you know the the marital relationship points towards union with god um but uh at the same time you know the best thing for us is to take those, those attractions and those emotions and those desires and, and point them to point them to the Lord um, and wrestle with them on it. Uh, But ultimately that will lead to the most fulfillment.
1: Exactly. Sam, I couldn't have said it better. That was so beautiful because literally, I mean, the the language is so perfect for us as athletes because this whole journey here on earth, however long uh, our Lord gives us, is a journey in learning how to climb the ladder of love and how to make that gift of ourself and how to have our hearts expanded. And so that, that training, much in the same way we train, we literally sacrifice our bodies for our sport, that's that's the same stretching that God is doing in our souls in teaching us how to love. And um, you know, I was single for 37 years. I got married um, just after my 37th birthday And if you told me that when I was 22, I'd be like, "Oh, I've got to wait another 15 years before I'm going to get married." Are you kidding? But God stretched my heart, and um, it was a—it was not easy. Sam was there for a lot of those years. There was a lot of heartache, um, a lot of disappointment. But my goodness, is it worth the wait? And the relationship that I have now with my husband, especially as we're anticipating the birth of our first child, literally any day now, um, it just makes those years of waiting and of training in the school of love so worth it. And in striving for that chastity, because you know, there's times in marriage when you can't fully express, you know, um, uh, physically everything you'd like to express for whatever reason. And so, learning that self sacrifice, learning that self denial. Um, makes the love shared that much sweeter, and more beautiful and more pure. And so that um, I think Sam and I can both speak from that profound ache, and it aches, it is so hard. When we have that longing for affection, we have that longing, again, just to be held is one of the sweetest things. Um, And uh, it's such a, a deep longing on all of our hearts. But I think when we look at that, uh, as, as, Sam so beautifully said that that ache is pointing us back to God, that he is truly the only one that can fulfill the deepest longings and desires and even erotic desires of our heart. Only God can fulfill that. And that's going to make all of our, our relationships, um, it's going to put them in their proper order and their proper place, and it's actually going to expand our hearts and increase our capacity to love and also receive the love of another person. So much in the same way that it is hard when we are training for the sport that we are love, and we are sacrificing so much. God is inviting us to take those same principles into our, uh, into the school of love, into the training ground. You know, it's we're practicing in the same way.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think, you know, somebody can look at that and say, well. You don't struggle with same sex attraction, um, so you got to get married. You got to express yourself sexually, that's, and that's that's. I had that
1: hope to look forward to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so somebody who exactly is living in that place, um, and again, I, I've journeyed with many women who, um, I've seen, I've seen things go both ways. You know, they there's this. Mm-hmm. I struggle with same sex attraction. I'm not attracted to men, um, but have chosen to live a life of chastity. Again, you know, I think in our culture, it's you need to stay in the closet, if you will, and not tell anybody mm-hmm. and live a hidden life where you actually just feel unknown and unseen. Or you need to come out of the closet and express it to everybody. Um, and again, that's that kind of suppression versus indulgence. Um mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we really need to, to show that there is that, that third way of, I I desire to give a gift of myself. We're all called to make a gift of ourselves. Um, and some, for some of us that is through, um, sharing that sexual relationship with a husband and and becoming a parent. But again, if we're all called to be a gift that can be in any, many ways it's in us playing on our team. It's in, if we become a coach, it's in, if, um, you know, we're a great friend, if we're a great aunt, if we're a great, um, whatever our, our job becomes. Um, and again, our identity is not based off of what we do, but, but our giftedness, how we're called to love the world, um, is that's how we live it out. And so realizing that, um, you know, I think in our culture, we believe that life's all about sex. Right. And it's not sex is all about life. And just because, um, somebody doesn't, get to engage in the in in sexual intercourse um it doesn't mean they have any less value or worth yeah. i mean yeah i'm dating somebody right now but i'm single and who knows where that's going to go and so i am you know as as a woman i am living um i am living chastity with my boyfriend and right. um a- and so that and that has led to a tremendous amount of freedom so yes. what i'm saying basically is if you know I do know women who have had some same sex attraction and really looked at it you know and and mm-hmm. looked at their emotions, looked at uh, maybe some wounds of their past with their parents, um, especially that mother wound that that desire for affirmation and love from a mother mm-hmm. is a big um, conduit a theme maybe towards women having some same sex same sex attraction um, also pasts of unfortunately a lot of sexual abuse. Um, but they've looked at that and, and been able to heal and become more integrated and really, um, sort through those emotions and and integrate them properly to where they, um, do, you know, do have attraction to, to men? Um, and then there's, there's women who, you know, just still, you have same sex attraction. So, but in either context, my point is we can live a life of gift. Yes. No matter our sexuality. Um, and that's Mm -hmm. important because I think, um, you know, we can look at, uh, those, those individuals that have same-sex attraction and say, well, they can't, they can never, you know, get married. And, um, and that's just, that's terrible. You're denying them something. And again, I'm not saying they're denied love. I'm not saying you're denied intimacy. Um, it's, it's that sexual love. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's rightly ordered so that it's, it's not use. It's, it's really that gift of self. Right. Um, but yeah, we, we all, all are in need of, of proper, proper, healthy, um, beautiful, beautiful intimacy with each other. For exactly. Sure.
1: Exactly. And I think it's, it's really important to also emphasize that there's, there's even a call to chastity within marriage. That's really critical that there's, uh, I think people might think, you know, once you're married, it's just total free for all, but there's actually a, an invitation to chastity within the context of marriage. So it's, it's always looking at, uh, you know, at that covenant renewal through the context of a gift of self. And what is what is the good of my beloved? Um, and, and what is and, and him looking at me through that same lens? But I do really want to do go back, Sam, and just acknowledge that pain, uh, especially for our sisters, um, in the context of of the church, especially who might be struggling with that same sex attraction and maybe hiding it and that feeling of, of shame, that feeling of being unknown, the feeling of being unseen, the feeling of, if I acknowledge these feelings, I'll be rejected, I'll be cast mm-hmm. out. Um, and I think unfortunately as a church, we've not, um, been honoring you know, people's journeys and the pain that, that, the that, that souls experience who are are struggling with this and again same-sex attraction on you know that might be someone's particular challenge i struggle with something else um and so i think uh for our sisters out there who are deeply wrestling with this it's just know that we see you and and we love you and we want to walk with you and you are not alone I think that's just incredibly important, and uh, and we we want to to hear your journey and hear your unique story, and um, and just acknowledge that, and acknowledge the journey that you've been on, um, and just let you know that there's there is hope for deep intimacy. And um, again, I've I've been married for a year and a half now, and I can say, um, you know, it is so amazing when my husband and I get to renew the covenant. But what's so powerful, even more so is the intimacy that we share together and the trust that we have, the love that we share and just the profound friendship. And, um, you know, and so that's something that I think God has created for all of us, no matter, uh, what we're struggling with, you know, if we, if we're called to marriage or not, that, that is open to us through our friendship with him and through the profound friendships we can have with one another.
0: Mm. Yeah. And I just want to echo that. Um, that's why we're here. that's why fierce exists um to help women to help female athletes with with whatever whatever they're they're dealing with with whatever they're struggling with with whatever um and we all we all have it with whatever masks we're hiding behind with whatever kind of deep secret um or woundedness or you know wound wounds dealt to us you know whatever we 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 hold um deep in our hearts um, you know, we're here for you. So please, please, we encourage you to reach out, you know, reach out to us and we'd love to journey with you. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to hear your story because you are worth it. And yeah, whatever you are going through deserves to be heard and -hmm. you are not alone. And, um, you are profoundly, profoundly loved and uniquely created. Uh, you know, I just heard recently, kind of the difference between the secular mindset on life and more of a uh Christian Catholic mindset is you know the, the world believes that you are random that you are just the product of evolution um and that you know you're here to live and die and the, it's it's sad it's it's um it's purposeless you know but but the Catholic Christian perspective is you were thought of before you even existed in your mother's womb and you, um, have a purpose and you are unique and you are unrepeatable and you have worth and you are beautiful and stunning and beloved by God, you are his adopted daughter and nothing that you do or don't do is going to remove or change his love for you. Period. That's who you are. And that's, that's what we desired you to know fundamentally whatever whatever it is that we all struggle with in different contexts ultimately fundamentally and granted we want to um pursue a path towards holiness for our own our own good but you are loved yeah, and we love you we i don't um, so, you know people listening to this we don't know you but we we've been praying for you and we love you mm-hmm. yeah, and um, we want you to know that
1: Exactly. And I think, again, it's just important to emphasize that just by our inheritance as beloved daughters of the king, each of us, you are worthy of unconditional acceptance, appreciation, acknowledgement, affirmation and admiration. And I know, especially us as athletes who we perform, so often we start hustling for our worthiness you know, we fall into that pleasing and trying to be perfect, trying to prove ourselves producing and performing. And so, um, I think even in the culture of some of our teams, we can fall into these other behaviors in that desire mm. for acceptance and admiration and affection. So just know that by your God given inheritance, you are unconditionally worthy of these things. Mm. Absolutely. And that's what the father desires to bestow upon you. You don't have to hustle for his love. <laughs>
0: just receive open and receive. That's our role as women revealed through our bodies is is that receptivity. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, and, you know, somebody's listening to this and I mean, we've gotten into the truth and the, the theory of this, but what if they're living it? How do yeah. you live out healthy friendships and, and how do you really begin? So maybe we start there, but ultimately we've, we've talked a lot about our inheritance from God. How do you begin to receive that from him, especially if, you know, maybe you don't have a prayer life or you don't necessarily know how to, how to pray or how to even begin to, to try to live out these truths, especially if you're in it, you're around it. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. that question we had from the beginning was, okay, I'm in it. How do I, how do I live out a healthy friendship and not cross those lines and establish boundaries and things like that?
1: That's such a good question, Sam. Well, I think first and foremost, um, even if you've never prayed before, just that simple prayer of Lord, I, I desire, uh, I desire pure friendships and I desire to live as you intended for me to live in the beginning. Just that simple, simple prayer. That's all you have to say. It doesn't have to be in a church. doesn't have to be <laughs> in adoration or after mass, but just offering that sincere prayer to the father he, he, he honors our freedom and he respects our free will. And so just by opening our hearts in that way, he will start working miracles. And then I, I think secondly, one of my prayers from when I was a little girl was just asking God for one, uh, one faithful friend. And so ask God to bring true friendships into your life. People that are going to Honor You and respect you and build you up and see the best in you and friendship truly is a skill and that's something that Sam and I are going to be talking about a lot on the course of these podcasts that friendship truly is a skill and it's also based upon us um, pursuing as individuals the good the beautiful and the true and that's one thing uh, that if we even look at the definition of eros or erotic love the true definition not the distorted definition that our culture presents today is the good the beautiful and the true. And so the more that we um, uh, as women are pursuing the good, beautiful and true and then seeking to draw out the best in those around us, we are going to have a greater capacity to be the type of friend that we want to be, which is going to attract the type of friends uh, that are going to help us live that life of virtue and live that life of chastity and uphold us uh, and inspire us to be the highest version of ourselves.
0: Mm yeah I love that. you know, I always say, you know, if we're struggling with um impurity, um you know bad eros, if you will, the way to overcome it isn't to suppress, but it's with good eros and plenty of it, and so I often encourage individuals I ask them the question, well what what makes your heart come alive? Mm-hmm. What instills in you just that that burning love, you know that truth, that goodness, that beauty, where do you find beauty in the world? Do those things and do them with others, you know, that's, that's a great way to establish healthy friendship is, is doing things. And granted, you know, I will say my sport stirs my arrows. It's beautiful, right? The, the, the body's the art form in sport. And so you're already doing that with them, but expand it beyond, you know, my life was so, and, 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 you know, for whatever, for the right reasons was so tunnel visions to my sport Um, and my, my horizons have since expanded since I was done playing, you know, uh, division one. I mean, now I still row and still pursue sport, but, um, my eyes are opened up to art and to music and to beauty, to hiking, to nature and just a whole different context. And so doing some of those things or discovering some of those things with others, I think can lead to intimacy because you're sharing an experience together. Um, but it's something that's, it's something that's healthy. You know, and and we have to have boundaries even in the spiritual realm, but, but doing a Bible study together or praying the rosary together, even some of these spiritual practices, reading a spiritual book and discussing it. These are really healthy ways and things that we can do together, um, that, that seek to really uplift the heart, uplift the soul, um, and, and and I mean, even if it's, you know, grabbing a good cup of coffee or a slice of cake with somebody again, those things, if we look at, if we look at goods, I, lo- I love this analogy. So say, let's, let's, let's take chocolate. I love chocolate. I can look at chocolate and this is again, back to that oppression and suppression versus indulgence thing. But I can look at chocolate and say, chocolate is good. Therefore it must be evil and I shouldn't have it. Or I can say chocolate's good. I should have as much of it as possible. Which we know will lead to me getting sick. Or there's a third option. It says chocolate is really good. It must point to something greater. This must have been given to me as a gift. And I can enjoy it in almost a mystical way. Like there's truth, there's beauty, there's goodness in chocolate, you know? Um, <laughs> but again, it's not there's not overindulgence or suppression or suppression. I'm enjoying it. And I'm thanking God for the gift it is. And we could do that in our lives with whatever activity that we're doing. Um whatever friendship we're we're partaking in, I think it's really important to to pursue some of those some of those things together
1: that's That's exactly it and I think when I look back over the course of my life, some of my most joyful moments, my happiest memories are being in community, um, doing things that you know that we love to do out in beauty um and no longer feeling alone. There's something so powerful about that that is the antidote to the ache. It can't go to the deepest ache because the deepest ache can only be fulfilled by Jesus. But so much of that desire and longing and that that, that longing for belonging, for community, for intimacy can be fulfilled with some of the simplest things. I mean, Sam and I have had a blast um, going to art museums together and going on adventures together. And we've traveled all over the world together. And it's... It, it, it's absolutely beautiful um, and how, uh, and the fulfillment that can come from that.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and I think on the other side, and we, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but um, true love has boundaries. Yes. You know, I think in, in today's world, we think that true love has no boundaries. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. There's the utmost intimacy and vulnerability, and, but every relationship has to have some, some true boundaries. Um, otherwise that person becomes your God and they're imperfect. Mm-hmm. And if you expect them to fulfill you, whether that's marital love or friendship or family, um, you're going to be disappointed. And, exactly. um, you know, we can kind of cringe at, at the thought of boundaries, but you know, God has boundaries in place for us as his mm-hmm. children, as his children, right. just like when we parent, we have put boundaries in place for our children so they don't get hurt. Right. right? Um, but within friendship, especially, um, you know, if you're on a team where, where individuals, um, whether they struggle, whether they're experiencing same sex attraction or not, um, you know, good boundaries are, are good. You know, if, you know, you shouldn't be spending all of your time with just one individual. Um, of course it's awesome to have a best friend, but it's good to have multiple friends of, of many different layers of vulnerability and, um, you know, individuals are different. Um, you know, it's, you know, if you are experiencing some sort of attraction towards an individual, um, put up some natural boundaries, you know, mm-hmm. don't spend too much time with them. Don't um, cuddle with them. Don't um, put yourself in situations where um, there could be that um, temptation to engage in, you know, some sort of sexual activity um, right. or physical uh, activity, uh, know know yourself, know that mm-hmm. if you're drinking together, I, I mean, it, I've heard many situations where drinking's involved and, and there's some sort of hookup and it leads to, um, yeah, just a lot of, of hurt and confusion, confusion. ultimately confusion. Right. Um, you know, just, just be aware of that. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I mean, just like you would in, in whatever context, um, mm-hmm. you know, you just really have to be be careful and mindful of some of those things.
1: Yeah, and that's again where that vigilance comes in, and that self awareness. And um, uh, I think that's that's so well said, Sam. That the boundaries actually give us greater freedom. That freedom to love, and um, and again, I think you know even looking at uh, doctors and nurses who were in war you know, at different times, there's just a bonding that takes place when we're in intense situations over prolonged periods of time with people that spark emotions. But again, remember, we have a freedom to choose our response to those emotions. And much in the same way, if if you're in a heterosexual relationship, and you're trying to live chastity, if you're staying out till three o'clock in the morning, every night together, um, it's going to be really, really, really hard to live that out. And so by setting a natural boundary that we're going to cut things off by 11 or midnight, um, you're setting yourself up for for success. Mm -hmm. And that's, again, that awareness and that a little bit of self-denial that actually enables greater freedom and flourishing in the context of that friendship. And then you can actually have friendships for life versus I think that's also that can be a pain on on teams when you've had people who've maybe gotten too intense, and then something happens, and it ruptures it, and that can cause a whole rupture in the context of a team culture. Mm-hmm. So that's, again, where looking out for the greater good of, uh, of your friend, and also for the greater good of, of your team and your community, I think is so, and that's, again, comes back to that gift of asking, how can I hold myself to a higher standard, so that I can then inspire those around me to do the same. So that that transformation begins internally and it, it begin and it, it can begin today and so that's again if if you have fallen if you have um, if you have struggled if you are struggling today this happened to you know if, if you succumb to some temptations just yesterday God is so merciful mm-hmm. and there's the power of confession there's the power of forgiveness and mercy to begin again. And God never, ever, ever stops pursuing us. He never gives up on us. And he never tires of, of forgiving us and encouraging us to, to continue uh, growing and climbing the ladder of love.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, just a, I don't know, a word of advice. I just feel called to say, like, you're not alone. A lot of women experience uh, feelings of same-sex attraction a lot, a lot who, who go on to become married and live very pure and, and good and holy lives. Like it just by the nature of, of who we are and attractions and it's, it's a complicated realm. And so there's no shame. Um, I think we have to be careful not to label ourselves like, Oh, well, I'm a lesbian. It's like, no, you're a beloved daughter of God. I don't want to label you by your sexuality. Um, I think that's reducing you to while I am just defined by my sexuality. No, like you are a beloved, complicated, unique, beautiful daughter of god um and that it doesn't you know mean some just finite end um you when we really look at these things we have a proper understanding of like oh maybe it's just it's not a sexual attraction it's just hey i I, i'm really attracted properly to to other women because because i admire them that admiration right like you had said angela um but there's no there's no shame there i want to say that And, and 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 really the next step beyond um you know, finding those healthy friendships is, well, I I guess one more point about friendship is when you find some of those healthy friendships, you you should talk to them if, if it's safe, um, if it's faith filled and if it's not, um, maybe, um, somebody around your age, maybe it's worth seeking out, um, a mentor, um, a priest, a, a religious sister, um, A parent, somebody who is more removed from the situation and and being open with them about this, because the the ability for that person to then check up on you to if you are, you know, in in this kind of um, struggle or you're just confused to be able to hold you accountable, you know, accountability and, and, and bringing things forth to the light. Uh, because you can set boundaries, but it's hard to walk that journey alone, right? And so it's with whatever we, we are struggling with in life, it's really important to have people who that we can be safely vulnerable with. And if you don't feel like you have that, pray for it. Pray for a faith-filled friend um, or reach out to us. Well, you know, we're definitely willing mm-hmm. to help and, and be there for you and, and hold you accountable. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, my maybe my last point even is is God is the only one that heals. He is the only one that fulfills. And he already knows everything. And so, yeah, starting with that just prayer of, here I am, Lord. This is this is who I am. This is where I'm at. Uh, be he, be raw with him, um, but, but pursue a life of prayer, consistent prayer, even if it's 10 minutes a day, um, just like we train for our sports through practicing every day and we become better. The more we begin to talk to God, the more we're going to feel him, the more we're going to know his voice, the more we're going to find our um, desire for intimacy with him. And when we are filled by him, um, then we're able to be a gift rather than, rather than taking from others what, what maybe we're not receiving.
1: Right. Exactly. And again, he's, he's the master teacher. He will teach us how to love. And what is, as Sam said so beautifully, uh, by giving us the gift of the Holy spirit, he will truly then begin to guide and lead our actions And give us that wisdom in those given moments of should we, um, should we do need to remove ourselves from the situation or move forward? And how do, how do we love, how do we best make a gift of self in this given moment? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And, and also just the gift of, of Mary, his mother, you know, as a woman, she is, she's fierce, but she's also tender and she's our mother too. And sometimes we just need to talk to a mom about, about certain things. And that's why um, Jesus and his infinite wisdom Again, you know Jesus is the only one that saves, but um he had a mother who who he you know he was under her um free will her ability to say yes to having mm-hmm. him as her son um her maternity, and you know she obviously has only received salvation because of him um but he even uh has given us his mother and turned to his mother and so she is a tremendous gift as women to us and I know in my own journey through my own struggles and and things that i've worked through through the years she has been a profound um profound source of wisdom and a profound perfect yes. mother um you know a lot of us have mother wounds and no no mother's perfect um but mary is and she's always been mm-hmm. and um, right, right. just like no father's perfect and we can look to joseph saint joseph we can look to god the father to be the fulfillment mm-hmm. of that in our lives um right. and so those are just yeah just some some people we can turn to
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, our lady, um, uh, she lived that, that chastity, even in the context of marriage as well. So she, she has, she can identify with every single one of our, of our struggles. She's been there and she is so near and so desires to take us by the hand and lead us to her son and lead us to become the daughters we've been created to be.
0: Absolutely. Well, Angela, as we wrap up any, any kind of final thoughts or, um, anything else? Uh, I just, I think this is such uh,
1: a powerful conversation to have. And um, I just want to honor the, the courageous young woman who, who asked that question, who's, who's wrestling with this. And again, as Sam and I have tried to really emphasize over the course of this conversation, we're here for you. You're not alone. We see you. You are beautiful. You have a beautiful contribution to make. And we just invite you into the freedom of, of who you are as a beloved daughter of God. And if you've been hiding behind a wall of shame, of guilt, of fear, we just ask you to step, step out in faith and know that there is a community that desires to embrace you and to walk with you. And um, God is never going to disappoint. He's going to so far exceed your
0: expectations. Amen. Amen. Um, well, Angela, thank you just for being willing to start this conversation. And I say start because I don't think that this is our last podcast um, around this topic. And, you know, I would encourage our listeners, if you have questions, um, if you have follow-up questions, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. we can only cover so much in an hour's time. We want to keep talking to you about this. If you have situational questions, Mm -hmm. please email us. Please reach out to us, um, info at fierceathlete.org. Um, you could send those to us and we'd love to to start this conversation, but we'd alf- also love to answer those questions via a podcast mm-hmm. form because, um, it's likely that if, if you have a question or you have an experience, um, w- in whatever context, others across the country and across the mm-hmm. world will as well. And right. so we, again, we want this to just be the beginning. Um, and so we, we really invite, invite your feedback, um, in whatever mm-hmm. context, um, and, you know, if you want clarification on th- certain things or you disagree or, or whatever it is, we want, we want to open this up to a healthy, yeah. good conversation. Um, and yeah. we, we, pray. we, go ahead.
1: I should say we, we welcome that dialogue and, uh, we know that this is such a, a sensitive, uh, topic Absolutely. and all of us have, if it's not our own selves that, that are struggling, um, wrestling with with this conversation it's a family member it's a dear friend teammate so again we just we want to enter into the mess if you will
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh and it's it's beautiful and, and nothing to be afraid of
0: absolutely not and again we reverence you uh we reverence your your family members we reverence um yeah whatever it is or whoever it is we, we mm-hmm. again there's that profound desire to reverence Um, the beauty of who you are. And so please, yeah, again, please reach out to us. We thank you for having the courage even to listen to this, Mm -hmm. Um, having the courage to potentially share it with um, teammates, with friends, um, so that we can really, uh, yeah, just begin an an open, bring things to light and begin an open conversation on it. This is also the first part of a two-part series. Angela and I have decided that after this conversation, we need to have another conversation on friendship. As kind of a fulfillment, a completion, a further clarification of how to be a good friend, particularly with um, our teammates, with women of the same gender, and um, how can we really live out good, healthy uh, friendships um, in our lives. So please take a listen to our next podcast, part two on friendship. And we've just, yeah, we're so grateful that you've been with us. So we love you. (laughs) you. We thank you. Uh, Please leave us a review. Um, Please follow us on social media. Our our handle is at Fierce Athlete. And we look forward to continuing the conversation. Know of our prayers for you, our continual offerings for you, um, and and that we love you. That's right. Play fierce. Pray fierce. Live fierce.